Pat, welcome to Legends of the New Republic, the book club podcast where we talk about fantastic legends novels from the old canon of Star Wars. I am the host for today because David is MIA. Joining me, we have some wonderful other people. I am Chris. I am joining in today because David is MIA. And and the rest of the weeks as well, because I just like the podcast. And I'm Jason, and I'm here for a change. I'm not the one that's missing, so. <laughs> Checkmate. And I'm Jay, a.k.a. Sharkray24, and I'm wondering where my senpai has gone. <laughs> oh, no. I'm really wondering how this is going to be without David in the dynamic. It's going to be fascinating. Um, I, yeah. Last week we left off with uh, chapter 12 with um, Dev Sibawara stabbing himself in the hand a couple of times and various and sundry other weird things going on. And uh, this week we're picking up with uh, Nearus being a jerk. <laughs> I thought it was Nearus. Nereus. That's how they pronounce it in the audiobook, is Nereus. That's fair. Nereus it is. Um, he's our uh, character uh, for the beginning of chapter 13. Um, and he's barely paying attention to a tactical meeting between uh, the rebel and imperial leaders, wherein Han Solo is uh, chewing people out. Um, he's, he's busy med scanning. Luke repeatedly. Hmm. I can relate because. to this character. <laughs> I mean, I I too would probably be distracted by um, Luke Skywalker over uh, discussing the positions of ships in a potential new battle. Hmm. Especially <laughs> if you're not really terribly relevant to that process. Where it's like, I'm just like the assistant's assistant. You're like, yeah, I would much rather be looking at Luke right now. But but at least he has a purpose here, as opposed to me. I would just be doing it because Luke is eye candy. Uh, <laughs> he's slipped Luke uh, parasitic eggs in his food, which are supposed to kill him. In addition to that, they're like incredibly um prolific parasites and he's like got a two-pronged goal here where he like kills luke skywalker with parasites and also hopes to infect the sea ruby uh invasion force yeah because biological warfare never goes badly Right. Oh no, no. Geneva no, no, no bad guy, no bad guy has ever been destroyed by the mechanics of his own creation. <laughs> There's like a thing in the bad guy handbook about that. Like always do evil things with bugs because it always works out. And remember, Wait. if you make if you breed special horses to eat people's flesh, stay at least 5 feet away from the pen at all times. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure there is some kind of... Like... No, that's a, that's from from uh, classic Greece right there. Uh, yes, it is. Classic One of Greece. Hercules' labors. Uh, I was going to say, Hercules, I'm sure on, yeah. the, on the evil overlord list, there's probably something I mean, about chemical I mean, I'm biological writing, warfare. I'm writing, I'm writing a whole book based off of world mythology, so... Shameless plug! Even though the book's <laughs> not out yet! Shameless Have... plug for future content. Have any of you ever heard of the Evil Overlord list? It sounds vaguely familiar. It's it's one of those, like, because I'm old, um, this is kind of how the internet was back in the day. There's, like, you know, websites full of just, like, lists of stuff. Yes. And... Call that Wikipedia now. Well, it, it was humorous stuff. There's fiction. But, um, so the Evil Overlord list was, like, you know, 200 things that I want to become evil overlord, I will not do. And it's just like stupid, crazy stuff. Like one of them is uh, any, any minion who will uh, throw a gun at some, at, at a, my, at, uh, 
Nemesis or uh, no. Yeah, I can't remember now. But it was it was like the the stereotypical evil henchman thing where like they'll throw a firearm, or they'll throw a knife, or and then they'll try and bust jokes on me with the with the gun. You know, anybody anybody caught doing that will be fired from my uh, evil empire. Yeah, no monologuing when the hero is right. uh, in the middle of a death trap, things <laughs> like that. Because obviously, you caught me monologuing. I will not employ the relatives of the hero under any circumstance. I will run a background check on everybody, <laughs> and will... if they fail it, they're hired. I, I think this is, you must have read it, because this is like, <laughs> the kind of stuff that was on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, um, I was on the internet back during uh, the heyday of fanfiction.net before the purge. Um, a great created, purge. Um, archive of our own. And so, yes, I, I uh, did reference that at several points in time uh, to judge the villainy of various uh, characters. Gotcha. Uh, but Nereus, in this case, is like, not only is he super fastidious and radiating Dom energy by wearing his black gloves, but in this case, um, when, when he goes to shake his hand, and touch, he's, he's wearing them specifically because he's concerned that even though the eggs are like the eggs have hatched and are in larval stage at this point that they could still somehow transfer uh based on skin to skin contact so uh, so what what we're saying is that nereus doesn't know exactly what he doesn't know everything about the, the poison that he's just administered so to speak always another brilliant move don't yeah. know anything about what you're using it helps the poison Skywalker. I mean, he knows enough. Skywalker's poison. The poison, poison chosen especially kills Skywalker. Especially for Skywalker. Skywalker's, Skywalker. poison. Skywalker's poison. That poison. That poison. Yeah, that poison. <laughs> <laughs> How does he work Jedi again? Zalama, he's supposed to be dead. Yeah. Well, weird. Well, what, what would be a, 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 an equivalent creature to Llama in the Star Wars universe? Taunton. He's a bantha. He's supposed to be, be dead. dead. Um. But he does actually know a fair amount about it. It just reads more as like he's overly cautious, which is not a bad trait for a villain to have. Um, there are um, Olbrian trichoids or trichoids, um, which are <laughs> similar to the Alien franchise. <laughs> in terms of growing in and then hatching from the host. And so his hope here is that Luke will die in sea root custody and infect the aliens with a plague of parasitic organisms that are apparently just super hard to contain. And failing that, he's at least hoping Luke will be off planet when this happens. At the very least. At the very least. He's like, at least he'll go to like, had 12 where all the rebel ships are and we'll just be able to like nuke it from orbit it's the only way to be sure yes <laughs> i'm not sure that he should be really accused of thinking at this point in the book like no i yeah it feels much like this is the mustache twirling section of the novel where <laughs> villains have to do villain things so that the plot can happen and so he just drew the short straw in like the writer's drunken spin the bottle game of who was going to do it. He's just revealed his innator! <laughs> innator! What gets me here though is that, okay, we've, we've seen Luke flex his um, more passive Jedi abilities with sensing the presences of different life forms and so on and so forth. And he's been actively using this throughout the meeting. And yet, he is unable to sense the presence of two larval parasites in his bronchial tube. Well, like, dude. Well, hey, well, well, maybe, maybe they're just, too. maybe they're just extremely similar in force wavelength to midichlorians. <laughs> you can't just whisper midichlorian every episode and expect us to keep laughing at it. It's my thing now. Every time I say <laughs> Metachlorians, I'm going to do it exactly like that. 
You know oh, what? No. You know Unless... what? I'm I'm surprisingly down for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I... like me not saying midichlorians like that would be like Doctor Doofenshmirtz not putting inator at the end of every invention he makes. That's fair. <laughs> My real question though here is, what food and or drink? Did Nereus slip these eggs into? Was yeah. it the seafood? Is Luke going to develop PTSD for seafood? Because, like, that just seems like a shame given the fact that he grew up on a desert planet. I don't know. It seems like the most reasonable food to have PTSD for if you grew up on a desert planet. Like, eating I mean, things that, like, swim in your most precious resource seems to be something yeah. that would be a really weird, like, just mind trip. Well, and, I don't know, did they specifically say, like, how big these parasites are? Well, I mean, they have to be fairly small because they're inside his bronchial tube, and there were supposed to be three, but um, the med scanner's only picking up two. So That's a great I mean, sign! <laughs> That's... Another point for Nereus. Right Do you there. want an outbreak? Because this is how you get an outbreak. Hey, <laughs> if if it was in the seafood, though, remember that Gariel ate some of that, too. Oh, no. Is the oh, plot no. about to happen? <laughs> Bakura's going to need to start social distancing ASAP. Oof, buddy. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Are we allowed to the say too soon? Yeah, that's a good question. Is done by the time we... this podcast airs. People are going to think that you were telling that joke too soon, but we have to recognize that, in fact, however soon they you were telling the joke soon for, you were actually telling it at least three weeks sooner. That's fair. Uh, I'm I'm still gonna message David. <laughs> David, is it okay to make COVID jokes? Well, I made a Chris's quarantine joke when I opened the episode, so I That's feel like funny. I feel like it's open territory at least that you're allowed to explore. Okay. Right. Humor is yeah. how we deal with generational trauma. Well, and trauma in general. Yes. Which is why Han Solo is the only valid person. <laughs> that is fair. Everyone else is just wishing they were Han Solo. Honestly, though. I mean, yeah. But, I saw a great... Speaking of Han. I, I like, speaking of Han, I saw a great meme today that was Han Solo meme where they were like, like, what are your... It was from the Han Solo movie, and they were like, what were your people's name? And he was like, I don't have any people. He goes, I've just gone recklessly from one wild adventure to the next. And the guy goes, huh, YOLO, Han YOLO. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? That fits. I'm like, that, that's that, yep. the energy. That is the energy. It is. But uh, Luke and Han actually have a, a brief chat on the way out of the meeting, wherein Luke essentially tells Han, yeah, go marry my sister, please. Please do that. In the least I'm not repressing any possible. emotions. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> it's chill. It's fine. I recognize I'm the third wheel, and I'm okay with that. Have you seen Gariel? God, that's a mood. <laughs> That's a, I'm like I'm like a professional third wheel at this point. I've been a Oof, third buddy. wheel, a fifth wheel, a seventh wheel, a ninth wheel, and on one occasion, an eleventh wheel. I hope I'm glad that was only that one time. Because if they that had happened I more was, than once, they Oof. forgot I was there over five times during the course of that one evening. Wow! Holy crap! Okay, that was... sounds like my family vacations. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, were you, uh, Macaulay Culkin or what? Um, I can't, I can neither confirm nor deny the Kelly Culkin-ness of my being, um, <laughs> due to legal concerns. Uh, but, but I mean, Luke is literally just like, oh, you're good for Leia. And also, essentially already my sibling, but not technically related, which makes this relationship okay. You're in, you're, you're a sibling to us in the right way for you to date her. <laughs> the first time that I ever thought this, but yeah, you can actually date my sister because you're not 
her brother. <laughs> Weird. Weird how that kind of worked out, huh? <laughs> it's almost as though George Lucas, halfway through the movies, was like, you know what would be great? That's the end of the joke. There's no, there's no more joke. <laughs> okay, guys, I just had a realization. What? About this whole Luke and Leia situation. Yes. Both of them come from two very stereotypical incestuous backgrounds. You've got the 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 redneck kid living out in the middle of nowhere, and you've got the royalty. I'm actually shocked that you didn't realize that sooner. <laughs> you see, Han Solo comes from a, uh, a very stereotypical I'm-a-steal-your-girl profession. Well, yeah. Han Solo, hashtag I'm-a-steal-your-girl. <laughs> Chewie, and I will be the ultimate wingman, because apparently I am a proper British gentleman. Hashtag steal your female. Hashtag steal your genteel female. <laughs> Hashtag steal your woman of excellent and refined taste. <laughs> I think that making wow. up hashtags for Speaking British Wookiees is the best part. <laughs> She's she's busy um, plotting the uh, overthrow of uh, Nereus with Senator Belden and uh, the Prime Minister, just casually taking a speeder ride, wherein they switch speeders but once or twice we before they know. actually start talking about the fact that there's an underground resistance that both the Prime Minister and Belden are part of. Is it really uh, yes, an underground resistance when the Prime Minister runs the bloody thing? Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Let's just be incognito in these speeders that are open top with no way of concealing our faces. That way, the people won't be able to follow us because we're going from a one speeder to a different speeder, even though... They can still see our faces. It's, it's like a perfect plan. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think this plan was really thought through all that well. Master, oh, it definitely wasn't. I've got these tiny little arms, this great big head. I want a big big arms, tiny little legs. Well, and they're hiding. They're hiding. Um, their true the feelings. Jamming device. They're true um, uh, Senator Belden because um, he figures everybody's going to mistake it for his voice amplifier. I mean, which, as one does. As one does. This um, doesn't go as planned, though. <gasps> I'm shocked. Amazing. Gotta, gotta, gotta keep the plot moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is one of the things they teach you when they teach you about the plot. <laughs> I thought that was going somewhere profound and it just kind of tapered off. Well, it was sort of plot, like, plot, plot, it plot. was sort of like exactly like this story. And then yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, maybe it'll be pro. Oh, I guess it's about bugs. <laughs> That's cool. Bugs are cool. Bugs? Bugs Did you cool. say bugs? You do you do you have any bugs? I need to, I need more bugs to give to Blathers. I have no bugs. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> Although this does raise the question, would the parasites even work on the sea group because their scale Probably yeah, cold-blooded. Be because I mean, we've we've seen them have heaters and such. So the the, the like, notion that they're cold-blooded, they're scaled. Their skin is much thicker um, than human skin. Would well, this work at all? Here, here's what I'm thinking. You know, when you think about parasites in the real world, there are some that'll feed off of almost anything, like a tick or a leech. But, and then you've got, like, <laughs> the super specific ones, like that one species of fungi that only uh, infects a specific species of ant. 
and it's like, did near like, it's very clear that Nereus did some homework, but not all his his homework with these parasites. And considering that the Siruk, you know, aren't really a species that's known to the galaxy very well, uh, it's very likely that this plan won't work. But you know, he went with it anyway, and I think that shows initiative. And we, yeah, we should really <laughs> give him points for the attempt. And it's hard, like your first few schemes, like it, they're supposed to fail. I mean, everyone knows that. Like, you know, it's it's what like marks you apart from all the other villains that just gave up, is that you kept trying. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he, with that kind. He's of got gumption. Finish, yeah, with that kind of with that kind of upward mobility in mind, he he's. By the time the First Order rolled around, he was probably... I mean, if he doesn't die at the end of the book, I have no clue what's going to happen. But he could he could be a high-ranking uh, First Order officer with that kind of that kind of determination. He's got that plucky can-do attitude that just, like, sets him apart <laughs> amongst all the other candidates for evil. We'll give him a little beanie with one of the propellers on it to show that he's funky. <laughs> And, and a real go-getter. And we'll get him to say, gee, Willikers a lot. <laughs> He's got Moxie. <laughs> no, no, no. Moxie is reserved for women. That's oh. true. Understand. That's true. It's the, it's the girl who wears a leather jacket, a mini skirt to show that she's still available, and, like, leather boots to show you that she can kick your ass. Oh, Kat, you just sorry. described me. Cat. I was about to say, and you said it, and you said it like it was a bad thing, and I'm not really sure what you described there that I would be like, oh no, that's awful. No, 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 Moxie is great. As a bisexual woman, I'm very attracted to women who have a lot of Moxie, and preferably who have um, really vibrantly dyed hair, too. Cat, it's, it's Cat, you're literally, Cat, <laughs> stop, you're literally just describing my fashion. <laughs> but I don't have an ounce of moxie in my body. I'm like a twig. I'm a wimp. I'm a weakling. No, no, no. See, see, moxie girls have to be slim and slender because otherwise they can't spit in the bad guy's face as he throws them against a wall and there's a bunch of sexual Cat. tension. I slightly wow. disagree. Still, you're still describing me. You're welcome, Jay. <laughs> and the part of the show where we stroke Jay's ego is now over. I'm no, I'm. I feel like you're calling me. Out. I don't feel like my ego's been stroked. I feel like you're calling me out. You're you're describing pretty much everything about me and putting it under a label that I am definitely not. I wish I had Moxie, but I don't. I'm a socially anxious being. I'm a. Like, a socially anxious being with Moxie. <laughs> no, I'm a socially, I'm a socially, I'm a socially anxious noodle with the aesthetic of someone with Moxie. <laughs> you don't choose the Moxie life. The Moxie life chooses you. <laughs> so one of my exes once said, I, "It's not like I'm a tsundere su- or anything." Completely unironically. One time. Did you then and immediately smack we, them? No, we all just looked at her and we were like, you realized what you just said, right? And she stopped and she's like, oh my God, I am a Sundere. <laughs> uh, speaking of Moxie, um, I would argue that uh, Princess Leia is an excellent example of fantasy Moxie. Um, because uh, their speeder gets pulled over, uh, go figure, um, with millions huh. and uh, who like... would have thought that the Empire would have been able to spot some fugitives inside of an open speeder that doesn't have any kind of covering or shielding to block their face? Who would have thought? And here I thought right. their plan was foolproof. <laughs> <laughs> but so there are at least a dozen stormtroopers that Leia counts, and the senator has his own blaster, and she has her tiny pocket blaster, and she's like, "Well, 
you know what sounds like fun? A fight. This is the exact opposite of the Luke scenario in the previous chapter, where there were stormtroopers outside of his door, and he immediately reached for his lightsaber before realizing, wait a second, these are friends now. This is Leia seeing them, being like, hmm, I'm currently in a delicate diplomatic situation. It's time to shoot people. <laughs> okay, but the whole speeder plan, that's like the speeder equivalent of telling... Han Solo, don't worry, I won't get a scratch on the Millennium Falcon right before a dogfight. Yes. In the defense That's of Lando exactly Calrissian, um, technically speaking, that brake line on that dish didn't leave a scratch. It just removed it very cleanly. So technically, he kept his word. <laughs> Not a scratch on the Millennium Falcon. That's what they all say. <laughs> No, everyone says they're not going to get a scratch on the Millennium Falcon. You don't do that with the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> don't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> don't promise that Luke is going to control himself around a woman. Don't promise you won't scratch the Falcon. And don't promise that um, Chewbacca will not be a fancy British gentleman. Also, don't promise that Leia will behave herself around stormtroopers. And don't promise that C P C-3PO will shut up. That, sounds, Never that, that sounds like a much different story that also was probably on fanfiction.net at some point. Um, the Leia and behaving herself around stormtroopers. Oh, let's be real here. Uh, prior to the reveal that Darth Vader was their father and that they were siblings, there was definitely fanfiction of... Uh, Leia being won over to the dark side by um, hunky Darth Vader. Uh, uh, all the all the darkness that I don't need in my life. Hello, and darkness, you have to understand friend. here that people did not know again. what Darth Vader looked like for that first movie or anything underneath the helmet. So they just assumed that he was a dilf. Well, and then... They they got the reveal and such, and they were like, oh, he's a white penis. <laughs> Which, okay. awkwardly enough. But anyway, um, in, um. The defense, in the defense of that opinion, he was played by a Scottish bodybuilder who was built. So, like, people who yes. were like, Darth Vader, clearly attractive under all of that. They were right, but yes. not right. But here's the thing. Then the prequels came out. Mm, mm -hmm. And Christian Haydenson set the record straight. Chris. That means that. You mean Hayden Christensen? That one. I don't he's actually really to nice. actors' names, you can tell. He's, he's actually really nice. You, he set the record straight that, in fact, not only was Darth Vader a dilf, but he was an emo dilf. Which makes it worse? It makes it so much worse. There are so many more fan fictions now than there ever should have been. There's gonna be there's gonna be a mod or a DLC <laughs> to Dream Daddy now where it's they just add Darth Vader in. No context. It's just Darth Vader is a character in Dream Daddy now. Honestly though, I wanna see that. I would love to see a dating sim with Darth Vader in it. The primary oh, there issue are. There with are. Padme and Anakin's relationship, aside from the fact that he was super controlling, was the fact that he didn't go out with somebody whose kink was being choked. I think I heard every other word. Nice. The, the primary issue in their relationship, um, aside from the fact that Anakin was super controlling, mm. was the fact that he didn't go out with somebody whose kink was being choked. <laughs> uh, uh, I thought this was supposed to get better as we got into quarantine and like we all got used to it and we all lost that kind of like weird energy we had that first episode um, but I guess and not and it's just I guess... gotten so much worse <laughs> we're all in quarantine this is cabin fever and also um, I never get not weird <laughs> let's be clear here I radiate weird energy throughout my entire life. That's why I've worked the jobs that I have. I can second that. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> legally required to not talk about that. No, I'm just, Kat, I'm just saying that I've known you long enough to know that you are speaking the truth. 
Thank you. <laughs> so, so Leia shoots like four stormtroopers before she gets tackled by one. And then demonstrating her moxie and being <laughs> like, I'm going to do this because I said that I was willing to put myself on the front line to help uh, Bakura. She rams her head into Neri's stomach before getting stunned by a stormtrooper. And like, it's described as her like, ramming him down with her head and then clenching his head in her knees. Huh. Dun, dun, what dun, a lucky man. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I mean... use takedown. It's a critical hit. <laughs> Remember, go for the underbelly. It's super effective. <laughs> this is this is what happens when two tops fight. I don't know if that's actually what happens when two tops fight, but it definitely is a lot more entertaining. Oh, <laughs> trust me. I've uh, it it, mm, it it's <laughs> it's kind of uncomfortable for everyone. I I can imagine. <laughs> and that's that's pretty much where the chapter ends off is Leia's stunned and getting taken into custody for um, helping plot sedition, which sounds like a very Leia hobby. <laughs> that would I would love to see that um, that breakdown in the journal of her dating sim where it's like Leia, princess, hobbies. Um, Plot relevant rebellion. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. Her I mean, she's she started in the Imperial Senate at mm -hmm. fifteen. Which and is like frankly a little old to be a senator. So horrifying. If I, if I may. Speaking yes. of the number 15, that's how many minutes we've got left to fill, and uh, we're out of show notes. Bold of you to assume that I didn't plan ahead. <laughs> she I is... didn't, for the record. <laughs> but it was still bold of you to assume that. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna text David. I'm gonna... No, but, um... David, we're party. out of show notes! <laughs> he didn't expect right. us to get it, get through it this fast. Well, that's because well, that's because Cat is a better David than Cat is, or than David is, because David <laughs> doesn't know how to just put his foot down and be like, "All right, guys, so let's do this." David, David is, is like, like David is like too nice sometimes. He's great and I love him, but sometimes he's just too nice. David's like, right. you know what See, I love I have about the you guys? Experience of keeping twenty-five scouts with knives on track. Noise. So um, Noice. juggling two guys and Jay um, on a book wherein nobody has any weapons I'm, that can harm me. I'm really glad um, that you added book. Crazy. I'm really glad that you added book to juggling two guys with Jay because otherwise <laughs> there was no way that that wasn't going to end up just being really weird. And then the <laughs> fan art came rolling in. <laughs> Please and thank you now. <laughs> uh, all the things, these. all the things I don't need in my life. <laughs> Personally, I'm a-okay with people presenting fan art of questionable things that we say during this podcast. I, I am too. I'm just a little bit less questionable about them drawing the, the dark hoodie that will be my my avatar um, doing them. That's the part that I'm like, okay, well, guys, calm down. I'm bold of you to assume that they won't simply draw you as a young Anakin. Please don't do that. If the internet ever did that, I think that I would. Um, but think I'm, of the po think of the possibilities. When people think you're attractive, there are endless possibilities. Mm -hmm. Unlimited power. <laughs> Bold of you true. to you assume. You get free drinks at at least three locations simply by being attractive and androgynous. Bold of you to assume I need free drinks. <laughs> I don't assume you need free drinks. I assume you want free drinks. You know what? Bold of me to assume I don't want free drinks. You're right. 
I think I actually have a legitimate question to ask at this point. Um, yes. The question I would actually like to ask towards the group is how do we feel about this in the context of like future stories with Leia in them? We've talked a couple, a little bit about um, Moxie energy and the various kind of like um, ways Leia interacts with the story and with Star Wars. Um, but this is kind of a little bit, this is sort of her first outing in the extended universe. Like this is really kind of what sets the tone for some other books going forward. Um, are there things that really we feel like um, were improved in later books or that like blatantly stole from what was set up here? All right, I'm just, I'm just going to say it because I know pretty much every Star Wars fan was thinking it. In episode nine, how dare they confirm that Leia has a lightsaber and not show her using it? What color is the lightsaber? That's what I need I to know. I think they showed it as being green in one of the flashbacks. I forget, but that's not important. They never show her actually using it other than like a two second flashback where she just has it out for the training droid and then puts it away because she feels a disturbance in the force. I mean, isn't that what we all do with our lightsabers? Uh, no, that is not what Ezra does with, with his lightsaber. In fact, um, uh, Kanan Jarrus has to actively take it away from him because the boy cannot be trusted with anything sharp or hot <laughs> or deadly. I feel like you said, boy cannot be trusted, and I was like, yes, I agree. You don't have to finish that sentence. <laughs> well, you could have just I mean, ended it out, boy can't be trusted, I. <laughs> and we'd all I been think, like, I think there are more instances in Rebels of Kanan taking away Ezra's lightsaber than of Kanan like encouraging Ezra to actually use it. I mean, that makes some sense. I mean, like, if I were anyone's master, my first thought would be, don't do anything I'm going to teach you to do. <laughs> I mean, that. That is essentially the best approach that we have seen taken by any Jedi Master ever. Uh, let's see here. Luke is only successful as a Jedi because he literally says, Oh, you want me to continue training? I don't think so. Oh, you want me to abandon all connections to everyone? Nah. <laughs> hmm, let me check my checkbook. Obi-Wan was only successful as a Jedi because he blatantly ignored everything that Qui-Gon ever told him to do. <laughs> accurate, accurate. Qui-Gon only succeeded as a Jedi because he proceeded to argue with Dooku at every single opportunity. Um, and it's just like, you know what sounds like a great idea? Um, not listening to anything that you say. <laughs> I think I'm this... going to develop my own. No philosophy. wonder Dooku turned to the dark side if his Padawan was Qui-Gon. I, I didn't know that about Dooku. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, oh, that makes so much more sense as to why he turned to the dark side now. Because the Jedi Council stuck him with Qui-Gon. <laughs> that makes sense. And then, of course, and then, of course, Ahsoka Tano was only successful because she was like, hey, Anakin, remember how you taught me to never follow any orders? I'm applying those specifically to anything that you tell me to do. I think Goodbye. saying Ahsoka Tano was successful as a Jedi is kind of like saying that Martin Luther was successful as a priest or a monk. Like, yeah, <laughs> maybe, but I feel like that the defining feature of both of those characters is how they broke with that tradition. Okay, but Ahsoka Tano only broke with the traditions that were actively harming the Jedi. Sure, and like I'm not, I'm not not <laughs> defending her in this situation. I'm just saying I wouldn't necessarily call her a Jedi. I would call her Ahsoka Tano. The I will figure this out later. <laughs> Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano, badass. <laughs> Ahsoka Tano, I guess you're cool. I guess. Also, another example of a Star Wars woman with Moxie, complete with the miniskirt. Ah, but she had leggings, Point. and so she wasn't overly available. Correct. That adds the mysticism of the Jedi to her overall uh, character development. Uh, remove the leggings, and she is no longer recognizable as a 
Jedi Padawan. Wow. She becomes solely smuggler Moxie. Wow, Ahsoka. <laughs> the Force lets you have two lightsabers? Yes. That was a, that was a joke about a meme. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't, I don't know which so, meme you're So there's this to. there's this meme from like an old hot dog ad, like a poster ad. Oh, and it's like, wow, Jimmy, your mom lets you have two wieners. <laughs> and it's like one kid hold like the kid who says that he's just holding one, but the other kid he's like holding up two, and he's so proud about it. He's got that smug look on his face. The smug look that can only come when you're holding two wieners. The smug look that can only come when your mom lets you have two wieners. Checkmate. Wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't this know. Is, <laughs> what? This is a good good argument for why Jay should not be allowed access to the internet. I think. I think that's a lovely that's a lovely argument for that. Yes. <laughs> what a meme. <laughs> We all meme. Yes. I meme. You meme. She, he, they meme. But, don't, but do we all meme for ice cream? Up. Don't do that. Don't do that. They don't can't do, take it. Don't do what? Reference Spongebob. <laughs> <laughs> In my uh, good Star Wars podcast. <laughs> dang it, dang it, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. <laughs> But uh, back to the original question from Chris, I do think that uh, this very well establishes uh, Leia's propensity towards um, her mother's form of diplomacy, which, as we all know, is aggressive. Maybe Leia she cocking a gun. Time for diplomacy. I just want to see Leia, like on, Leia loading her blaster. I'm a I'm a diplomat, but. See, I just want to see, like, a poster of, like, actual diplomats and things, like, watching, like, um, Padme and Leia do diplomacy, where they're like, all right, we're going to go in and we're going to establish, like, our needs in this situation, and they're like, yeah, our needs, shh, shh, cock's gun, and they're like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that we're on the same page here. <laughs> oh. Like, the whole thing is Le just aggressive negotiation. <laughs> it's not, a, it's not negotiation, it's just aggressive. Well, Leia yeah. walking up to Han and grabbing his blaster. They're stormtroopers, and Han's like, "What?" And she she look she gets it ready. She turns off the safety. I said there are stormtroopers. No, no, I I I just picture and and the characterization of Leia throughout the EU, at least as far as her diplomacy tendency tendencies go, kind of backs this up. I just imagine her having to deal with like tax forms or something and she walks into low-level bureaucrats office with like the equivalent of an AK-47 drops off the paperwork and says I have completed the paperwork and he looks at it and he's like you haven't filled out any of this and she's just Oxcon, <laughs> I've completed it <laughs> Well, I mean, if, this if just says, say, if, I know, I'm just picturing the Ron Swanson meme it was like, this just says, I can do what I want. And? No, see, that would be Han Solo. Han Solo providing a permit to anyone. This, this just says that you can do what you want. Yes. Yes. It's signed by you, Han Organo Solo. Yes. You could do the weird, um, the weird mixed, mar um, western kind of thing that's come out recently where you end up having a lot of like asian stereotypes and like characters from china and japan and so well, like the see, jedi the could just is, be that when most westerns were set there was a huge influx of like asian immigrants to the united states and mexico so mm -hmm. it actually makes yeah perfect because sense of the, culturally. The, the slave trades and stuff I mean, well, it wasn't well, just I mean, just most the, of them were the legitimate immigrants. It was also um, railroad work. Well, yeah. I mean, they were they were slaves in China who were sold to railroad companies in America. Mm -hmm. A lot of them. So, uh, so a lot of the West was was 
made by slaves, both Chinese and African American slaves. And, uh, and, uh, now that I've said, uh, now that I've put Han Solo in a Western setting, I need <laughs> to know how an interaction between him and Bass Reeves would go. Um, well, here's what I'm wondering. Did Han Solo proceed to become a smuggler because he freed a bunch of slaves who were working on the local railroad, um, resulting in one of them becoming his best friend and another one being secretly a samurai? I, I believe I believe that the insinuation that another race might actually be like a tall Wookiee thing is a little much, but yes, I agree with the general thrust. See, see, the thing is, <laughs> when you think about it, I, I was, I was, I was, I was gonna say who would win in a in a firefight, Han Solo or Bass Reeves, but it's it's Bass Reeves. It's always Bass yeah. Reeves. It's yes. always Bass Reeves. Bass Reeves always wins. Yes. No, the thing is that I'm wondering is who would be the bounty hunters in this scenario? Um, Bass Reeves. Yeah. Technically. Okay. Okay. Well, we have one, but like, obviously, you have a bunch of escaped slaves and such. So, so there's going to be headhunters out for blood at this point in time. And then we'd uh -huh. have Jabba with the classic, uh, classic mafia gangster accent. I was going to say he's the local saloon owner who's. Well, I mean. Uh, well, I mean, the, the huts are based off of the Italian mafia, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, obviously, he's like, you know, you know, you come here to my, on, on the my day house. On which my daughter is on to this, be married. On this, the day my daughter is to be married. <laughs> and you want me to trade Han Solo for some droids? Okay, but that raises another question. What would the droids be in this scenario? Steampunk automatons, maybe? <laughs> no. I was about to say, I think that the best option for this is to make it a steampunk, um, like, alternate universe. This is valid. Because then Steam. they can just be automatons and, like, Chewbacca can actually just be Chewbacca. Ideal. I really hope that David's the one editing this episode, just so he can hear this all. Yeah, and see what he's missed. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the things that the EU failed us on was not providing us with at least one steampunk world in the New Republic. Well, it's steampunk really clashes with the actual established aesthetic of Star Wars, though. Yeah. And so, like, in that way, I disagree, but in the but, fact that I love all AUs... We have whatever the Millennium Falcon era is. I don't see why we couldn't have another era somewhere in between that's steampunk. Because Star Especially Wars. in the Outer Rim. I mean, I guess that's where Mandalorians get their just guns. I, I don't. I love the idea of Mandalorians being like semi steampunk. <laughs> I think. I think. I mean, the, they've got to um, get their just guns from somewhere, because this is true. Where do they get the guns that are just guns? Everything is a blaster in Star Wars, unless unless you're an Ewok, then it's an arrow or a slingshot. Which, after rewatching the original trilogy. Well, I know there's stormtrooper there's, armor doesn't even protect you from those. There's a uh, like in the in the role playing games and stuff. There's uh, slug throwers and stuff like that. But I'm trying to I'm kind of blanking right now on any any faction or government or well, anything that actually used them like in if you, movies if or you, books and stuff. If you get into some of the um, Star Wars um, um, Republic Commando games. There's actually an interesting kind of a twist where there's a, um, a group of aliens, um, the Trandoshans specifically, who actually don't have slug throwers because they're still just too primitive to use, but they actually have energy weapons to, that look like slug throwers because that's their aesthetic. 
Chris, I really, really do appreciate you as a human being. Thank you. Thank you, Kat. I appreciate you as well. Do you want to play leagues after this? Absolutely. Perfect. <laughs> well, guys, I think we're coming up on time here. Yes, we are. Uh, so thank you guys very, very much for joining us on Legends of the New Republic. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at uh, Legends of the New Republic podcast. You can find me on Twitter as well at Seagull Soup. Please don't look for me anywhere else. You won't like it. Hi, I'm Chris. I am not McKelly Coughlin, regardless of any other references you may have heard. And if you legally imply otherwise, I will sue you with all of my McKelly Coughlin money. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, and i'm jason um you can find me on twitter at ghost shark 20 um and i don't have any sweet macaulay culkin money um <laughs> if i did uh i would probably rate a house full of booby traps just like he did in a movie so <laughs> it would just be a much different outcome considering you're an adult and not adorable true I mean, they made a story about a guy like that. I think it was called like Jigsaw or something like that. I think that was <laughs> what it was. I'm not sure. Well, it, it's not. It's not necessarily so much that. It's like I would just do it because uh, I'm I'm a firm believer in social distancing, and I want everybody to stay the heck away from me. Well, hey, in these trying times, it's the only way to be safe. <laughs> as as somebody who is a uh, an introvert. And has to, you know, be an extrovert by uh, necessity. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of am liking the whole social distancing thing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's getting a little annoying sometimes. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can definitely get behind some of that. And I'm Jay, finally getting to do my outro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me pretty much anywhere under the username SharkRate24. I do gaming videos that go up on my YouTube every Monday and Friday with some other kind of content like dramatic readings and video essay analyses that go up on Wednesdays every once in a while. Not every Wednesday because that would be too much work and I'd probably die. Valid.